Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Gareth Richards. Gareth Richards, podcast, a musical comedy chat show. Gareth Richards, Hello, everybody. My name is Gareth Richards. Um, welcome to Gareth Richards' Lonely Hearts podcast at downstairs at the King's Head. In Crouch End. Thank you very much. And what an amazing show we have planned for you tonight. We've got um, two amazing acts for you this week that we're going to have lovely interviews with. And I believe in a performance from one of them. Um, we've got um, Fern Brady and George Rigdon. <laughs> Amazing. Um, it, wa- it was going to be. Oh, don't worry, I'm not being beamed up to somewhere else. It was going to be Bilal Zafar, but um, he's poorly. Aww. Let me see if I can uh, actually, because he sent me a um, recording of his poorly voice. Yes, I am! <laughs> Where's it going to come out of? Is it going to come out of the ear thing? Listen to my voice, Gareth Richards. This is it. It's It, it keeps cutting out. It's not good. It's a mess. So, like, we didn't want that all evening. Sounds like he's dying. Hopefully he hasn't died. Um, Can you die of pretending? <laughs> I don't know. Has anyone ever died of pretending? It'd probably be an actor if it was. <laughs> Has an actor ever died of pretending? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Though this week, I thought I thought I'd, um, I've thought of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of a joke. I'm a stand-up comedian, in case you don't know. And I thought of this joke um, this week. Um, my mum used to have two jobs. She collected evidence for the police, and she'd do housework for a pop star. She dusted for Prince. Dust on your bud. Um, so I was, I was quite pleased with that joke, but I was also aware that, um, that it is like it's based on a pun, basically, or like wordplay. So Prince and dusting for Prince. That is that word, isn't it? And the problem with those is that probably someone has thought of that thing before. So I decided I would Google it to make sure, you know, to see if anyone had done it. So what I Googled, I Googled dusted for Prince, like P-R-I-N-C-E, to see if anything came up. And then what came up was the most unsuitable things that had ever been in children's cartoons. Like a weird thing, that a thing on Urban Dictionary came up. Urban Dictionary came up, an entry for fingerprints. As in finger, P-R-I-N-C-E. Now, I did not Google that because I did not want to see Photoshop pictures of Prince Harry. Um, but what came up was an episode of the Animaniacs. Do you remember the Animaniacs? Yeah. And um, the episode was, so uh, the main Animaniac, I didn't ever really get what their names were. There were three of them. I think they were some sort of animal. Yeah. And... Um, the the biggest one tells the girl animaniac dot to dust for prince and she goes off and she comes back and she says i found prince and she is carrying in the children's cut she's carrying prince the pop star and um 
So she says, I found Prince and he comes back. And then the, the big Animaniac says, no, fingerprints. And she looks at Prince and Prince smiles at her in a frankly really creepy way. <laughs> and then she says, I don't think so, and chucks him out the window. <laughs> so they actually just really did a fingering Prince joke. Um, speaking of princes, um, Prince Harry has been in the news and um, it's, he's been talking about his mental health problems. He says he was very... He never really talked about being sad about his mum dying. Um, and, but he talked about it recently. He had a lot of... Um, it had closed down emotions. Basically, I feel like he's being very vague about what his mental health problems were. And I know it's like a bit sad, but I want to know exactly what his mental health problems were in a lot of detail. Like, did he go full Hamlet? Was he like visited by like the ghost of his dead mother asking him to avenge her death? And, um, you know, Pull! you know what happens in Hamlet it says, kill your uncle for me. I've never seen Hamlet. You haven't seen Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like it, I think. I think that'd be your sort of thing. You so know, I like think the ghost of his uncle. mother appeared to him, say, murder your grandparents. They killed me. I don't know. It's hard to know when you should carry out the orders of a ghost. I think we'll all agree. I'm a bit worried about um, being haunted, David, because um, the Gareth Richards Lonely Hearts Club theme song, mm. some people say that sounds like a different song. I don't see any similarity. <laughs> but some people have said it sounds like a Beatles song. <laughs> Something about... Well, um, you mean the one that... Will you come onto the stage? Yeah, the one I just we just heard. Do you, have you, I don't recognise it. I've never... But anyway, some people have said that. And I'm worried about, you know doing a Beatles song because the Beatles music was all owned by Michael Jackson and I do not want to be haunted by the ghost of Michael Jackson not with you know my two young sons in the house um, so I have a I don't know if I've introduced David Trent yet David Trent is our wonderful house band for the evening thank you thank you for introducing me how are you doing, David? Great, thanks. Just had a lovely day with you. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, we went to the Adidas shop. We went to the Westfield Centre. Went to the Westfield Centre. And do you want to show everyone in the room exactly how gangster you are now that you've bought your Adidas Yeah, top? who likes my new Adidas top? But you know what makes it total G? I will. The, the audience are telling me to, to... And I am, because look at this. Oh. Oh, we ain't paying for shit. <laughs> the audience at home they left the tag on it looks like I've stolen it and I, and I haven't and so I'm gonna have to well I phoned I phoned them and <laughs> I phoned them and said look you left it and they weren't great in the shop like we went we were upstairs and then they said no there's no tills on upstairs and so we had to come downstairs and then there was a queue for the, that and the one till in the Adidas one shop till in the, the Ad Westfield Center this is the sort of social commentary we do here. We don't care Hearts what we podcast. say. We're, We're not scared. We don't give a shit. We take down every <laughs> single major high street. We speak, we'll speak truths we to power. We will speak the truth. And we did speak the truth, didn't we? Because they said, would you like to give feedback? And we yeah, said, I more did tells. feedback. 
I typed in that feedback. And it took You got a bit minutes, distracted by the pretty a... girl who we were talking to, who was <laughs> asking us by the feedback. I don't know what you're talking about. I mixed the APS Tagawe. Hey! Tagawe. Wonderful. So, um, on the Gareth Richards Lonely Hearts podcast, we always do the second. We've got two theme songs. Two theme songs on this podcast. I play it on the cue chord. I play it on the Telecaster. <laughs> My cue chord is an incredible instrument um, from the early noughties, I believe, that did not catch on. <laughs> and my Telecaster is the opposite. Yeah, it's very successful. They've done ever so well with the, with the, with the guitar of Fender. <laughs> they have done really well. Fender, one thing about Fender, <laughs> they certainly have exploited the guitar. Let's do it. Theresa May, Prime Minister, has called an election day, 8th of June. Jeremy Corbyn, he's very left-wing, cannot possibly win, because he's very left-wing. North Korea, Kim Jong-un, have gone nuclear, Kim Jong-un, turned the world to a dump, Kim Jong-un. Because of Donald Trump, Kim Jong Un. But there's nothing we can do about that this evening. So to change the way we're feeling, let's watch a chat show with some comedians. And tonight, let's try not to fight. Pretend everything's all. Because we are together Because we are together Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, we always like when we introduce our guests to have little... Um, excerpts of their stand-up as they um, before they walk up on stage. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Fern Brady! Hello, I am Fern Brady. Hello, I am Fern Brady. Hello, I am Fern Brady. A lot of comedians start their sets. A transsexual prostitute was burned to death. I like goat yogurt. Quite worried about saying that in case I get battered on the train. Look at my baby. <laughs> Look at my baby. Look at my baby. <laughs> That's your catchphrase, Fern. Look at people who've got butter, pastries. Please don't do that for the whole thing. This totally works. Please turn it off, David, because I don't... In my head, I have an RP English accent. Fern Brady, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hello. Lovely to see you. <laughs> Thanks. I feel really embarrassed about my voice. Oh, now. don't feel embarrassed. No, don't feel embarrassed. It's good to have um, a regional accent in comedy. I don't like listening to my. I don't <laughs> like listening to my voice. I don't like listening to this podcast. No, Apparently I hate the sound of my voice. Your voice sounds different in your head, mm. and you perceive it differently. 
a hmm. crying woman oh, with come on one now. tour. It's just the norm. I honestly Please. don't think you should do that anymore, David. <laughs> if you're not frightened. Anyway. So, um, no, it, so- it sounds different in your head to how it, when you play it back on the, st- on the tape or something, it sounds different, doesn't it? So, Fern, I'm going to um, start by asking the comedians tonight a question based on I did a, a little routine there about um, Prince Harry. Mm. Um, so I'm going to ask you the question, this question is a first question. If you were to be visited by someone from beyond the grave, um, who would it be? And what do you think they would tell you to do? Uh, there's a... I wish I had a different voice now. Uh, there's a ghost... In my house in Catford. Uh, There's a ghost in your house in Catford? Yeah. Uh, there was, my house is like a famous murder house. <laughs> uh, and I found this out because when I moved there last year, um, there were ghost things happening in the house. <laughs> and uh, Ghost things? <laughs> yeah. What sort of ghost yeah. things? I don't want to say because you just, you seem like you don't believe in ghosts, David. I've never met one. I've, I've seen a goat. It threw a, <laughs> it threw a bin lid at me in the kitchen. The lid, <laughs> the lid of the bin flew off the bin and mm. flew at me. And uh, my boyfriend doesn't believe in ghosts, so he was just like, "Do not wake me up at four a.m. again to tell me about the ghost." Um, so he's just dis- absolutely dismissive. Doesn't believe in it, even though it's been in ghost books and stuff. But and you, so <laughs> when you're telling, I've seen a UFO. Oh, You've I don't believe in that. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> Come on now. I, I don't know, but I don't believe in them either. Yeah. I don't believe in them, but I've seen one. And I was looking out of the window in, in, in the train. I was on the phone to a friend. I was like, I'm looking at a UFO, and this is ridiculous because I don't believe in them, <laughs> but there is definite. And I said to a guy, did you see that UFO? And he said, what? What are you talking about? And I, for like five minutes, I was a mad guy on the train. What was the UFO like? It looked like... I can't draw you a picture. So what would you... I mean, <laughs> almost... You know those Zeppelins? <laughs> but a really small one of them, red. It was red with I a fin. it might look like a penis. <laughs> I don't know why. No, it looked like, no, a, it looked like a, a, re- and a I Zeppelin don't, I don't think with a red it was what? A red fin. I don't think it was... An alien. I don't. I can't explain what it was that I saw, but I saw. I saw an object. It was flying, and I could not identify that object. So, by definition, it was an. So, I can sympathise with that. But I'm wondering about. Was it at night or in the day? People look at you the way you're looking at me about the UFO, right? When you say the the bin lid flew at me. Yeah, I've. And people are like, "Fuck off!" But you know it happened. Yeah, because, well, when stuff first started happening in the house, I googled my address and it came up on Wikipedia that um, a transvestite prostitute was burnt to death in the house. (laughs) Um, And then, and it was a terrible case. Uh, Like, it was really famous because these two, uh, no, three children got put in jail, even though they, and then they got released years later because they hadn't done it. And uh, the landlord was having like a secret gay affair with the guy that was murdered. And the landlord went into a mental hospital and took, uh, like, just went mad. And uh, so they never got like an account of what happened. And then he took cyanide and killed himself. 
so it's like a really because I showed you the Wikipedia mm. yesterday. It's a proper mad story. Yeah, I did. But imagine read it finding all. that out when you've just yeah. moved in. Had a bin lid thrown at you <laughs> before they yeah, burned the yeah. prostitute. They <laughs> threw bin lids at her until she died. Is that how they killed her? The uh, no, the yeah, you're no, right got... to say her because uh, it's because uh, all prostitutes yeah. are women. No, it was a. <laughs> <laughs> No, because it was a trans prostitute, right. wasn't yes, it? you were just yeah. being no, correct. No, I was absolutely being right on for a second. Very sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Although ghost seems, I don't think ghost seems like a politically correct word some way. Yeah, it we were talking wrong, about, it? Uh, I met my boyfriend's work colleagues and one of them, uh, they're all really uh, lefty and uh, one of them walked away from me because I said that our ghost was a trans prostitute and I should have said trans sex worker. <laughs> not the fact that it was... <laughs> like, not the fact I was talking about ghosts <laughs> like a work event. So, yeah. Well, and do you think there's any message that... Um, because some people say with ghosts is that there's unfinished business. I Did, do you think the trans sex worker had unfinished business? I guess. Uh, basically, <laughs> see, since I've moved into that house, I love candles and I buy loads of candles now, and I think right. the ghost is making me do that so that right. I and, did, and didn't she burn to, to death? death. <laughs> yeah, right. So that I bur- why does suddenly maybe get to... those LED candles? Yeah, yeah. Since I uh, moved into my house, <laughs> I've loved killing cats, and I think it's a ghost that goat, the ghost that like making me do that. Kill all the cats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't kill the cats. But what other ghost things have happened? So what I'm trying to get to the bottom it's of is... at the window, isn't it? But do you believe in ghosts now? like, Or do you yeah. just believe in the events that you've seen? Or do you think, like, all ghost stories, yeah, I believe in it. I'm just absolutely on board with ghosts. Uh, I sort of believed in ghosts before this. Before. <laughs> so, but, but I only fa- found out about this ghost after I heard funny noises in the house and Googled it, whereas if I'd moved in knowing that the flat was like that, then mm. I would be a bit more cynical I'll about it. I'll make a it. little noise for you. Does it sound <laughs> anything like this? <laughs> <laughs> and your boyfriend was upstairs, and was it coming from the same sort of room, or was it was it other noises? Don't, don't scoff at people's beliefs, I just did a wa- It's just a wanking <laughs> joke. That's all it like was. That's all it was. <laughs> no. There's more in heaven and earth <laughs> ratio than is dreamt of in our philosophy. You really should have seen Hamlet. I, I saw a UFO. Um, we, <sighs> did, we gigged in Hornchurch this week. Yeah. Hornchurch! Yeah, I'd like to talk about that. <laughs> Would you like to talk I about it? I wanted to talk about it yeah. and you were like... Well, I said, you know, because you, you had a tough gig, as all comedians do at some yeah. point, and I, I have had many times. It, Porn church story. <laughs> so, uh, it it wasn't it wasn't just a tough gig. It was the in my top three worst. Is it my top two worst gigs? The only one that was worse was when I got chased out of the village of Hampton Court by like a really heavily pregnant woman and two <laughs> men. Um, that's the only gig that was worse than Horn Church. So. 
it was a very badly set up room, I have to say. And it yeah, should it also... Yeah, because it was in Essex. It was in... <laughs> so the, lo- the location one. was not ideal to start with. But it was, a, like it, was a, it was in full stop, right? You're not into Essex. No, not at all. But I was try. I I accidentally took the gig because I thought it said Hornsey, which <laughs> is here. Yeah. And then on the day I found out it was Hornchurch, so I had to. It was too late, and I had to go. Uh, and then I was saying to Gareth before we did it, "This is going to be bad." Yeah, and even on the they send an email out before the gig telling you you know when you're on and stuff and they said on that that it's in the th- the theater foyer and it's not an ideal situation but it is not unplayable yeah and when the promoter of a gig tells you that like alarm bells go off mm. so i was i was emceeing so i mean in some ways it's my fault because it's the mc's job to warm up the room you were being really nice to them, but they were already being strange <laughs> that's with my, you. That's my thing. I try and be really nice no, to the audience. No, but you, you were but handling yeah, yeah. it well. It was really hard. They were. It was really. Bad. Yeah. They, and it, I, um. Yeah. And also, I always know it's going to be bad if I arrive at the gig and the venue staff have no idea what I'm saying. Um. And here's the weird thing. I was in Denmark. Uh, doing a gig the other week and people in Copenhagen totally knew what I was saying but the more a town has voted to leave Europe and England the more they're not going to know what I'm saying like so, so they don't like other accents they don't like understanding yeah. people with diff- who are in different in Essex different if you're Scottish that's like to them that's like being French basically like <laughs> they really hate it and as soon as I arrived I was like, oh, I'm doing the gig. And they asked what my name was. And I said, Fern. And they went, Fi. And I was like, Fern, fun. <laughs> and I was just like, I just knew it was going to be bad. But anyway, so this um, man started shouting at me to get off at 13 minutes in. And I was supposed to do 20 minutes. Could you Which see you... him? Pardon? Could you see him? Uh, well, did he exist, or do you think it might have been <laughs> another go? At first, I thought I was just dying in front of a hundred people, and then this voice piped up, and I sort of looked through the lights, and there was like another two hundred people just glaring at yeah, me to the side of the foyer that we There's were. There's a lot of people in. in a very, very high room, so I think yeah. it was probably, you know, it was. Come on, it could have been a perfect room. Well, it was we'll three hundred meters high. I would say. I don't believe. I think no, foyer is a really hard to gig in. Gareth asked them about. I don't think it's designed for. I think if you've been in a perfect in fact, room, there's a room in the building that, that was designed, designed for performance. That was a perfect room. And the foyer is not it. Remember when you said to them, "Do you have a university of Hornchurch?" <laughs> and they I mean, yes. they got angry at that. <laughs> Do you think they got cross at that point? I think they sensed the tone in which I was saying it as yeah. well. Whether there was. One of them went, went, we can't afford university or something. They did get angry. I think they got angry when I mentioned university in general. They heckled me by meowing at me as well. What does that mean? Like a cat. No, but what what does it mean? Why? I don't know why they were... I mean, David would have murdered those guys. (laughs) Did you you mention cats or anything? What do you think that means to meow at someone? 
I think that an Essex thing? I did mention cats briefly. It might have been at that point. But it's also it's one, it's one of those things. I don't think if you Google meowing in Essex, that's going to be code <laughs> for something. What does meowing mean? But I think it's mean? one of those things where an audience member right at the front will do something to undermine you. And if you went, oh, stop meowing at me. <laughs> People all think you're insane. Well, I There's did nothing say, you can do about I was that. like, why are you meowing at me? And then the rest of the audience were like, what's going on? The bit where I knew it was going really badly is when the bin lid started flying. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but you had a, a technique for dealing with when a gig goes badly that I've never known anyone else <laughs> do, but I think it's really good. So when me, I, uh, me and the other act got back to the dressing room, you had gone. You had yeah. gone and we thought, oh, I hope, hope she's okay. <laughs> But you were fine because... Um, well, what I did, what I like to do if I have a b- really bad gig is I like to run out of the venue and into the <laughs> night and then I just <laughs> run through the streets <laughs> shouting until I feel better. Um, Anything in particular you shout? I was like, I hope you die in a fire. <laughs> and then I, I ran past a chip shop and some guys looked at me and I was like, fuck you! And just kept running. Um <laughs> and it was, it was like a 15 minute uh, walk to the train station <laughs> or 10 minutes running um, but yeah uh, it was such a good way to leave because mm. I ran in a straight line past the changing room got my bag then ran and like burst out a fire exit yeah. and just kept running through <laughs> the streets uh, and then I messaged you to say I was fine yeah I'm going to try that though running through the streets the guy that, screaming the, the headliner good. had an amazing gig yeah, he did very so, well. That always happens. Mm. Yeah, you do well off someone else. Yeah, yeah, death. yeah. Um, Fern, you've had some very interesting jobs before mm-hmm. comedy, although comedy is an interesting job as well. And d- when you started comedy, was that um, were you a journalist before you started comedy? I heard that. I I moved to Sheffield because I got this scholarship thing to train as a news reporter. Yeah. It was like a thing for. Neds to uh, become journalists. <laughs> yeah, I trained as a journalist and then I dropped out of that to do comedy because I was doing too many gigs in mm. journalism. You have to do loads of hours. And it's quite immoral as well. Journalism? Um, yeah, yeah. Sort of thing where they set someone up, don't they? They say, why don't you go and do comedy for a gig and write about it? That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, do that yeah, sort yeah, of shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done one of those articles. I didn't Did know how... Did oh, you? I thought that was why no. you were bringing it up. <laughs> yes, David, yeah. you, you knew that. You told me that. that. You said to ask a question about that. That's, That's what you were trying to get out of it. Yeah, I know, I know. Th- but you were gently, gently. I thought I'd go hardcore <laughs> right. into it. Yeah. I didn't so that know was, was that, that was. I heard that that was your first, like, that was your first gig, yeah? Yeah. And you really liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Because most journalists do that, and then they go, they write that one jo- that one article, mm. and then they never ever do it again, and it's just shit in it. Whereas but I wasn't, I was on. just at uni. I wasn't a journalist. Journalist. Right, I just right. was doing stuff on my summer break. I wanted to do comedy, and I kept emailing the stand, which is like a co- comedy club in Edinburgh, being like, "Do you think I should do comedy?" Obviously, they never <laughs> like replied to that. <laughs> 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 So then I started like writing about it instead, uh, and then the my editor of this magazine was like, "Oh, will you write this article where you try stand up?" But they didn't know that I was secretly wanted to do stand up, so that was quite handy. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah. Uh. But it's so great to get a hand up to do something like that, isn't it? Yeah, because like, I've mentioned doing it before to my family, and they, and they just, just go, you? My mum thought I was having a breakdown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And and took me out for dinner and was like, why do you want to do a comedy? <laughs> I showed her dying in Essex the other night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, so you're from um, just outside Edinburgh, are you? Yeah, yeah. And um, you did all sorts of jobs. Loads of jobs. Comedy, loads of different jobs. Uh, um, what was your first ever job? Uh, oh, that's a weird... Well, I had a business. Um, I started my own business when I was like 10 or 11. Selling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd buy like plant pots from B&Q and then paint them. And I also uh, painted jam jars and sold, <laughs> and sold them for people. And that's so, how yeah. you made your millions. <laughs> yeah, I was quite entrepreneurial. Yeah. So I did that and then... Um, and then one of my mum's friends, her husband uh, had a business selling this these sort of homeopathic remedies. Uh, so I became his assistant when I was 14 and used to work <laughs> at Psychic Affairs. Psychic Affairs? Was that the name of the business? No, Psychic Affairs. Oh, Psychic Affairs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the business was called Psychic Affairs. I thought it was a shop called Psychic Affairs. Psychic Affairs. Yeah. Hello, um, this is psychic affairs. Quite, um, basically, psychic fairs are these things. I yeah, don't, I've been to you, a psychic fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I used to play the Tibetan singing bowl on this stall and we'd mm. sell like tinctures to people. <laughs> tinctures? <laughs> yeah. Like the homeop- homeopathy. What, cl- <laughs> what clothes would you be wearing when you're playing the Tibetan bell? <laughs> just wore normal yeah. uh, 14-year-old clothes. Yeah. Just normal clothes. Um but that's I met a lot of hippies. That's an unusual question, David. And I, I just like, like the idea of like fern really wearing hippie clothes. <laughs> and, and no, I got I got uh, bullied at school and called hippie a lot. Actually, so you, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, you did go to psychic fairs, play yeah. basketball, and sell tinctures. Yeah, it, so. it was a really good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like we met a lot of like weird people at it yeah. this this woman you would pay her and she'd tell you that she could see your inner child and your inner demons and so stuff your inner child probably wasn't that deep at 14 <laughs> literally yeah. it was your outer child as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um other jobs you had you worked in a halfway house yeah uh just before i started doing th- this full time i uh there was wasn't really any interview process for this job. I looked after paedophiles and murderers that had just got out of jail, <laughs> and there weren't really very many checks. Like I didn't have a job interview or anything. I imagine for that job, <laughs> they don't tell you what it is up front. You say you it's like a a, a social helper or something. No, like what I, was it called? I uh, it was called oh I can't murderer wrangler. <laughs> I, I, that's not it weren't just paedophiles <laughs> it was like uh, regular sex offenders as well and murderers mm. well, just the nicer and guy the nicer sex offenders burglars and stuff yeah and what were those guys like uh the murderers were actually sound <laughs> uh, <laughs> because uh, none of them just the contrast apart from right i need to be careful what i'm saying here because i like 
so there was one woman who was really like middle class and, and what was her name? nice <laughs> <laughs> and uh and she would come to the to the halfway house and she was like hi i've parked my mercedes up and i'm just going to the farmer's market and i thought she worked with us right. and then i went back in and someone went she killed her husband <laughs> i was like what <laughs> and, he, and she was she brought us some scones and he was like he said never eat any of her cakes and we would always <laughs> but <laughs> but we would always eat her cakes right and uh, the reason my manager wouldn't eat her cakes was he was like that is the sign of a narcissist he was like that's a narcissistic thing to do what to like bake things for people to get their approval david sat up because he's really into baking <laughs> like yeah tick i am into baking and I am into people's approval. <laughs> and I am into killing women. <laughs> <laughs> but only women. Well, this is, a f this is a fun game we played on the podcast last time because um, we talked about when David started doing comedy, he had a joke about looking like a paedophile. Yeah. But then um, Rachel Paris said she thought he looks more like a murderer More now. like a murderer. So you have first-hand experience with this sort of thing. Good question. Do you think David looks more like a paedophile or a murderer? Fern Brady. <laughs> do i look more like a paedophile or a murderer welcome to the person who's just walked into the podcast at this point more like a sex offender not paedophile mm -hmm. because the sex Moving offenders the were very charming and manipulative mm. and you're well, quite a lovely charming. answer yeah <laughs> this is, that's almost a compliment yeah so <laughs> So oh, the most charming people were usually the um, the worst ones. Um, like you, I kept meeting people where I'd be like, "Oh, they're lovely," and then my boss was like, "Just look at their case file." Mm. <laughs> so, uh, but I really loved that job, and I didn't want to quit. I just it was just because I got on something in London, and then I had to move to London. But I kept meaning to go back to it. comedy, and I imagine yeah. you learnt some useful skills for dealing with comedians. I met more psychopaths in comedy than I did in that job, to be honest. Like, I met more, sort of, but yeah, there's there was definitely like a similarity. But all the murderers we had weren't serial killers. They were people that had just usually killed someone by like an argument with their partner and yeah. stuff. In the spur of the moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They not we didn't have any. And they didn't get a taste for it. Um. Uh, no, we didn't have any serial killers. But the main bit of my job was making um, breakfast for them. Mm. Uh, and they were, like, the sex offenders were what really demanding like? about fry-ups. Like, they, they would be really picky about how they had their eggs and stuff. And mm. that's a sign of a narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, just sh I shut up and eat your breakfast. I, I like mine poached. Um, so, Fern, um, just to finish off, you were one of the jobs you had, and you talked about this on stage. So I'm not talking about anything that you're not happy to talk about. But you were a stripper at one point. Yeah, for ages. For ages. <laughs> for like two and a half years. Wow. Now I have <laughs> never. Well, I think everyone's gone tense now. One area. Well, this um, is unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. One area of society, because there's a lot of sexism still nowadays, but I feel like the sex industry... Especially in stripping. <laughs> there's sexism in stripping. Now, yeah. how would you describe that sexism? Because I think as a man, I've never been offered a position in the sex industry. 
or had any opportunities in that Cause area? Because if, if I was a male stripper, mm-hmm. if I, people say male stripper, no one says female stripper. You just say, like how people say female comedian, but mm. then male comedians <laughs> just get called comedians. Um, if I was a male stripper, people would be like, oh, that's really funny, but let's make it in a hilarious romp starring Channing Tatum. Um, <laughs> But if you're a female stripper, it, it, I started mentioning it to comedians because it really kills conversations stone dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted more awkward conversations mm. in my life. And uh, also, a comedian was patronising me about not having enough life experience. I'll tell you <laughs> who after. Well, yeah. A middle-aged male comedian said I didn't have enough Don't life experience. Don't talk about what I've been saying to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he was like, Oh, because I was I was complaining about comedy one night, and he was like, "You've just not had enough jobs to <laughs> to really appreciate this." And I was like, well, "He had clearly not asked you about how many jobs you'd had because <laughs> yeah. we've only scratched 50, the surface." I've had about fifty yeah, jobs. Surface. So, what was with being a stripper? <laughs> what was the interview process like? Uh, did, what? You, did you respond to an advertisement in the paper no, I just or you got sent there in, by the job centre? Uh, no, the sh- our student, our university newspaper ran mm. a cover story saying how many students at the uni were becoming <laughs> strippers. And it was like, isn't this terrible? You can make a thousand pounds a night. <laughs> and uh, so, th- and then I met other strippers who were like, yeah, I got into it as well because of that article. <laughs> so... So obviously that uh, backfired. That uh, was the interview process was a man that worked a lot like uh, him. Um, Peter from downstairs in the King's <laughs> yeah. Head. Uh, interviewed. Well, there wasn't really an interview process. They were more like, you should get your nails done. And uh, uh, then this guy called Stevie that sold. Nails done? Uh, yeah, they were like. Get- Is that a big feature people? No, I think it's I'm more. I don't know. There, I mean. So he told me to get uh, my nails done, and mm. then I had to do a dance for the. Um, <laughs> had to do a dance for the men. Dance now is that the dance you do? Yeah, I, I was. I remember it was to unfinished sympathy by Massive Attack, which is not very good. Like stripper song. No, that song. is very sensual. <laughs> um, and then they're like, "You have the job." Um, <laughs> and then um, did people get turned down uh, no and you also you have to be pretty much insane to get fired like witnessing strippers get fired was amazing because I remember <laughs> one girl uh, Savannah um, <laughs> attacked my boss oh, yeah. she attacked my <laughs> boss like, with mm. her, her six inch stilettos and she had to do that <laughs> to get wow. sacked <laughs> Like, you pretty much had to be doing terrible, terrible stuff yeah. to get mm. fired. Um, like teaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would get in trouble for reading books in the club. Because <laughs> uh, it made us look... Oh, you were supposed to be dancing. Uh, no, no, because it was really quiet a oh, lot. Because right, stripping right. was become... It, w- it was kind of on its way out in Edinburgh mm. at the time. So we just had to sit around in our PVC nurses' outfits a lot. Just like... So I was reading uh, uh, some book that was on my uni course. And we got told off for that. So how did you leave in the end? Oh, I finally got the correct funding from the Scottish government for my degree. So I got given like all of the funding I was supposed to get for three years overnight. So I just didn't go back. Mm. 
And then it was really good because I fit in with all the rich people at my uni. I went to a posh uni. Um, and uh, and I just had like all this money suddenly. But I didn't leave in a dramatic way. You mm. can ask me other questions about it. If, I don't know. I think that was all. I was, well, was really going to ask about the training, but I don't know if that. No, I I was terrible. I made terrible money at, at, at terrible it. money because I was so. Um, I've never been good at any kind of customer service bistro yeah. like ever, um, and it was essentially just. It was like the worst sales job ever. <laughs> just <laughs> and you just got asked the same questions all the time. So, uh, like. My boyfriend thinks that I've got Asperger's, which is where you've got really poor social skills. But you have to have really amazing social skills mm. for stripping. So guys would be like, why are you doing this? And a good stripper would be like, because I'm so dirty. But I would just be like, to fund my Arabic and Islamic history degree. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, oh, I made £20 again. <laughs> so I was shit at it. So it's tip-based? All you Sorry, make. what did you say? Yeah. It's tip based. Tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah. I... The only bit I liked was sometimes we would be allowed to like belt a stag on stage. I liked that. Yeah. And um, uh, I'd be like, bark like you're my dog, uh, neigh like a horse and just boot them. And I liked that part of the job. But I got in trouble once for doing it too hard and then the stag ran off stage and punched his best man <laughs> and it was a bit chaotic but on, it was a it, I, there was always something interesting going on always weird behavior were people walking in and walking out what what, what sort of yeah you would get guys that would be like god oh, i'm not the type of guy that comes to a strip club that's pretty much what everyone said <laughs> but <laughs> but they paid for dances so yeah what? So the sort of guy who says I don't usually come to a strip club is the sort of guy who normally goes to a strip club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all guys. Yeah. Well, one time a guy was like, oh, I can't get a dance with you. You look too much like my daughter. And then got a dance with me like half an hour later. That was so... Um, and that wasn't your dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, oh, come Let's on now. What? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Fern Brady! So, hello everyone, welcome back to the show. And um, what we like to do is, um, if we have a musical comedian on, we like to do um, a musical performance. And we have, oh, and also we're going to do the introduction for George Rigdon. Our second act, Bilal Zafar, is poorly. He wasn't able to be here. And stepping in at the last minute like an absolute hero is the brilliant comedian George Rigdon. Have you seen it? Is it good? Do you like it? <laughs> it's, it's a shame. Man is at their best this is when they reach the age of 40. Bilal My British talking. values are very important we, to me. It was yes. very last minute, wasn't it? Yes. So no, we did, it was six did, hours ago. Yes. Six, well, what, yes. fucking YouTube. We've been, yes. uh, we've there been are two separate, yes. very strong clips on YouTube yes. of me smashing some gigs. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Well, yes. we, we, we we're away from home. We were in London all day, so we weren't able to. But thank you so much for coming, George. Sorry, we were at a meeting with the BBC this morning, George. Suck my dick. So, um, George, you're going to do a song for us to start with. <coughs> I am indeed, yes. Brilliant. So let's crack on. Mm. Okay, this is a song about love and appreciation. Okay. 
Hey girl What's your name? What's your fucking name? Rachel. Where are you from, Rachel? From London. Oh. Oh well. The song's for you, Rachel. It's about love and appreciation. I wrote this song because I want you to know You made me stronger and you helped me to grow Thank you, Milk. That's all about milk there. Uh, you're very welcome. George Rigdon, ladies Yay. and gentlemen. Wonderful. What a talent. What a great guy. Do you want to... Uh, <laughs> Why? Do you want to put the guitar down, maybe? That sounded like he's trying to talk me off the edge or something. <laughs> put the guitar down, write some real jokes. Cheers. Me blood clot. <laughs> so, George Rigdon, um, if you were to be visited by someone from beyond the grave... Right. Who would it be and what would they tell you to do? Uh, does it have to be like a famous person? Or can it no, be it can be absolutely anyone you like. Okay. Um, probably my granddad who died last year. I'll keep it light, mate. Okay. <laughs> probably my granddad who died last year. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'd probably come back and... Uh, I don't know. Like, Because him and my nan were married for like 50 years. And he was really progressive. And she, was, she is a massive racist. Um, <laughs> right. So I guess maybe sort of just come home and keep reminding her that, you know... Immigrants have a place. So was your, your granddad wasn't racist? No, he was really like decent man, yeah. Heart of gold, but that, I mean, that's what killed him in the end. Sorry, are you saying racists are not decent people? <laughs> I mean, it's a, you know, yes, controversial, David, it's a controversial. It's a bit of a leap, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what are you Presumptuous. Saying? That's nice. So when I, I first met Bilal Zafar... Fuck off, mate. <laughs> ...in um, the Bloomsbury <laughs> Theatre. Oh, yeah, I've never been there. And um, and then we did a gig in Porthcawl. We've got a delightful story about that, about racism, actually. <laughs> um, but you're not going to hear that this evening because Bilal's not here. So do you remember when we first met? Yeah, I remember when we first met, yeah. When was that? It was when you did uh, Mark Holmes' old Bristol University gig in 2013. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't on, but I, but I was there to watch my friend who was on, and you were headlining, and mm. you were very, very good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that one. I thought it was the Smoke and Mirrors one. Um, well, so, but did house, we meet then? Did we meet then? We did meet, but you were quite standoffish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when you were... <laughs> I'm a standoffish comedian. I was a bit like, he's a bit too Not cool. Not a stand-up with comedian. glasses and cue cord. Um, but then you drove me home the second time. You did Smoke and Mirrors and we had a lovely time with a cup of tea. Mm. And my, my brother got really freaked out about that. You've been on television. <laughs> really? <laughs> you the most famous person who's ever been to the village I'm from. <laughs> Well, that's a terrible thought. <laughs> um, but that's interesting that I came across as standoffish because I'm actually, in real life, very shy. You were like that the first time I met you as mm. well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? But actually, I thought I recognised you and I thought we'd uh, dated in Edinburgh, but I didn't want to say that. <laughs> so that, I kept asking if I knew you from somewhere and that was why. And, and I thought you were just <laughs> pretending that we hadn't met. <laughs> So that might have been why you seemed so, okay. freaked out. No, it's just you. Just date. a rude guy. <laughs> date, you dated a lot of hot guys by the sound of <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> guys, do you remember meeting me? Yeah. I you, yeah. 
Actually, I heard you were very intimidating and then you were really nice. Yeah, I, found, I heard that as well. I heard he was a dickhead. He was really sweet. <laughs> oh, you've got a, um, I've got a reputation for being standoffish and you're very intimidating, David. That's how we're perceived by... Pretty tough guy. Proud of the podcast. Well, Duggan was like, oh, you just meet David Trent and he just calls you a cunt straight away. Um, <laughs> he said something like that. Right. Well, uh, that was Duggan. Yeah. Yeah, well. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was how you were with everyone. <laughs> Not just Duggan. All right. But I met Duggan the first time with his childhood friend. I was with his childhood friend, James Acaster. So right. there was a lot of mega bants straight away. Oh, right. We had mega bants straight away. We had away. a great time, didn't we? Yeah. Didn't we? But that was a different type of bants, a polite bants, a yeah. fun bants. Me and you had a lot of good bants, didn't we? We sort of, I, I tried to talk to you, you didn't want to talk to me. Just sort <laughs> of one word answers, that sort of thing. <laughs> I take, I'm an introvert, so take I take a, long a while time to, warm to warm up. up. Yeah. How <laughs> did you know I was going like to say that? Like we're finishing each other's... Oh. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> And, um, Sentences. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, yes, we met in uh, in Bristol. You're from Bristol, are you? I'm from Bristol, yeah. George, you wear a cricket jumper. What do you prefer, cricket or masturbating? <laughs> uh, masturbating. That's right. But They're all the wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid question, really. It's strong, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Paxman. Do you like cricket? No. Do you love it? No. <laughs> That's a 10cc reference there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Cricket talk, jumper talk. Great fun. <laughs> um, and you've been doing, did you start doing comedy? Because Bilal has won a number of competitions. Oh, well, he's won, he won the Natties. Did he? The Hackney yeah. Empire won. Well, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> and um, he was nominated for Best Newcomer. Dominated, didn't win. <laughs> Pathetic, isn't it? Um, no, we were both nominated as well. Yeah, exactly. Didn't no, win. Look, how, look how many people not, for this fucking not podcast, pathet- you prick. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. No, I've, re- I've re- still reassessed my career. grassroots. <laughs> <laughs> and Bilal went to Bolton Uni. Um, Does Bolton did you have a university? To, apparently so. Fucking it's a very man. bad one, he, he was telling me, right. um, in the preparation for the show. <laughs> uh, but did you go to university? Yeah, I went to the University of the West of England for two years. <laughs> and you're slagging Bolton? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the University of the West of England. Yeah, you are, yeah. So that's like the other one in Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> it's ri- it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. So what did you study there? I did English and drama. Oh, that's yeah. good. You good, picked up some good skills. Just a bit, yeah. Reading yeah. and acting. Reading and acting. Books. Uh, and is that where you started doing comedy in Bristol? Uh, yeah, I started doing stand-up about uh, about four years ago. And my first gig was a So You Think You're Funny Heat. And I had dad on my anus. But it was really fun. And I wanted to keep doing it, so I did. But yeah, I, Bristol's a really good place for comedy. Because you've got Olvers from there and Russell Howard and... Yeah, Mark Olver. Sorry, you, when you did the... We asked Mark Olver if he was free for the podcast, wasn't free. didn't we? Wasn't free. <laughs> when you but did he recommended... Well, he didn't, but John Robbins recommended... Said, get in touch with Rigdon. He's yeah. great. And we'd oh, already right. been in touch because you're a great guy. So Thanks, wha- I just wanted to ask one question. You just said, just keeping in this in mind, when you did the So You Think You're Funny competition, yeah. you had your dad on your anus. No, I no. died on my anus. <laughs> oh, sorry. He said you died in a funny voice. said it in a funny voice. I thought you said you had your dad on your anus. <laughs> but you've moved to the big city. I have, yeah. Um, 
And what difference? London. <laughs> London. <laughs> and what differences have you noticed between London and Bristol? Um, profoundly, uh, money is a problem here. There's not enough of it. Not enough money. Not enough money, and everything's too expensive. And also, um, everyone's cut. Like I, I, I get like barged a lot. I do walk quite slowly, though. To be you fair, you should swim in the canal. <laughs> Oh, get a job. Seriously, get a job. I'm for no selling off food on a body, you know. Jesus. Budget a lot. Do you know, this is a problem not having money for, like, I found a, a way out of that problem. Find a woman who bought a house in Peckham for £60,000 in the 90s and marry her. No problems with money, ever. <laughs> Just do that, or guys, a, yeah? Or a woman who's a teacher. My wife's is a teacher. teacher. Yeah, my wife's what a teacher. What does she teach? Children. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't believe that's such an old joke. That's the sort of thing... Can we do that joke that's one more time? That's like Peter yeah, Sorry. <laughs> do that joke one more time, please. Yeah. What does your, your wife teach, Gareth? Children. No way. <laughs> I used to be a teacher. God. What did you teach? Children. <laughs> <laughs> no mercy. Yes. Sorry. Did you teach primary? Yeah. Primary school. That's, that's the that, weird thing. That is weird, isn't it? It's that's unnerving. not proper teaching, is it? That's not proper. Just colouring. <laughs> just teaching them, <laughs> them to colour in. Um, I didn't teach them to anything. <laughs> How long did you teach for? What? How long did you teach for? 17 years. Fucking hell. Wow. Yep, I had my dad on my anus. Bilal was on Sophie Hagen's for Made of Human sake. podcast. Why? Have you been on any podcasts? Yeah, I'm on, on this one. Yeah? Yeah. But any successful Other, ones? Successful yeah. ones. Uh, Stuart Goldsmith mentioned me once on ComCom Pod. <laughs> Did because he? he bumped into me the day before. I said, oh, and he runs a nice gig. Didn't say I was a good comedian or anything. Is it? Well, me, me and David have a very strict <laughs> position on the ComCom Pod. And we have said, we, like, and we're not afraid to say, we will not go on Stuart Goldsmith's Comedian's Comedian podcast. Has he asked? Unless we're asked. And for no someone afraid of nobody, you know. And um, George Rigdon. Okay. Two questions. Go on. Firstly, there is a store in Cambridge which sells DIY equipment called Rigens. Okay. Ever heard of it? No. Sounds like your name. <laughs> You just said about three minutes ago, there's literally an audience for everything. Yeah. You used to be in a band. I did used to be in a band, yeah. Why, why did you give up being in a band? Because there wasn't an audience for it anymore. <laughs> and if everyone clubbed together to get you back in the band, would you consider giving up comedy, please? <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever in a band, Fern? Uh, no. Um, so, Bilal... <laughs> Bilal is a Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, um, something we have in common. Oh my god. <laughs> what do? You, what are your views on Islam? Fucking. <laughs> 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 oh, so, I'm so glad I turned out a paid gig for this. No, but um, <laughs> we we were you were you grew up as a Catholic, Fern. Yeah. You said to me that you weren't allowed to watch Friends. 
yeah i didn't see friends till i was uh, an adult um because my parents banned it and said it wasn't suitable for a catholic household couldn't watch friends south park um i heard my parents laughing at Fraser when i went to bed and they would be like, it's so funny. The men are such snobs. <laughs> and that was like the only comedy they watched was Frasier. Um, but yeah, we weren't allowed to have the internet because it was, um, one of my brothers wanted to be a priest. And then my parents found that like the top 10 most visited websites were porn sites. Uh, and it was the one that wanted to become a priest had been mm. looking at loads of porn. So then we just never, I didn't use the internet till I went to uni. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. Sorry, you can use the internet to look at porn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, David, come back. David, come back. Don't, you can look later. Don't come and finish the podcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch Thundercats Why not? in my family because it was all, <laughs> I think, um, I, not entirely sure. I think they thought Mumra was a bit evil and was like actually supposed to be the devil. And I wasn't allowed to watch um, He-Man in case I actually got like possessed by the power of Greyskull. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Gareth's family started a Pentecostal evangelist church? Like they no. were the people that started the church up. Yeah, my oh, grandfather oh. was from <laughs> Wales and he was um, a minor. Was and he heard the voice of God tell him to go to Slough. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did. And in Slough, there were a group of people praying that someone would come and start a church. And one of those was my grandmother. And they went to, they all met up and started a church. And that is the reason I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do a gig with Gareth, mm? anywhere within a 40 mile radius of Slough, before your stage time, he will make you drive him 40 miles to the church so you can yeah, go and I look at the that. stone. Yeah, yeah, because there's a church. He built an old church building. Like, well, it's kind of, I guess, 50s or 60s. But you can go and see the church and there's a stone that says laid by W.T.H. Richards. And I've seen that stone. But we also had KFC, so it was worth it. <laughs> Yeah, the one thing I know about my grandfather, because he died before I was born, but I know that he really liked KFC. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like KFC. And I think if he hadn't died of heart disease, age 58, that's something we could have shared. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> David had a relaxed religious upbringing, eh? You had like a nice Jewish upbringing. Just a nice Jewish upbringing, yeah. But you said you got to go and see the Stanford Hill Jews. I said, to, I said what? I you said before we started, you got to go and the Stanford Hill Jews, you got to go and stay with them at we the We had weekends. to go and check out the, the ultra-Orthodox you know, situation, yeah. And that was one of the craziest weekends of my life. <laughs> because you, they had chocolate for breakfast. Nice. Really? Yeah, that was fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing that most shocked me. Because I was prepared for loads of stuff. I was prepared for the fact that the oven would be on all the time and that... It would have been cooked before we went to synagogue and that we would have gone to synagogue in the evening and had a very late night and then prayed before we went to bed and then gone to bed. I was not prepared for chocolate for breakfast. <laughs> have you had any sort of religious um, upbringing, yeah, George? Yeah, I was, I was really devoutly Christian for all of my teens. Oh, really? Not at all of my childhood, yeah. It was really Aha! <laughs> what sort of church did you go to? Methodist. Oh, Methodist. Yeah, so I had to do communion and stuff. Mm. It was really weird. 
And mm. I, I, I was confirmed at one point, and they said, you can get any present you want for your confirmation. I chose a Bible. I could have had a wig. <laughs> so I'm a fucking idiot. <coughs> Probably a... I thought just Catholics had confirmation and communion. No, Methodism kind of like combines the best of... It's like, it's like, it's like new labour, but, uh, but for religion. Yeah, because confirmation is great. Confirmation is just like bar mitzvah or mm. bar mitzvah. Younger though, right? Um, 11, you do it? Yeah. I was about 16. We're 13. Oh. Yeah. Um, I still a virgin. But the old... <laughs> what, you're still a virgin? Don't <laughs> bring that up now, mate. We're talking about confirmation. Um, yeah, the old, the, the old religions have that coming of age thing. And mm. then you get presents and have a party and stuff. It's good. What was your confirmation name? Uh, I was just switched off at that point. I don't Billy know. Bob Johnson. <laughs> were you allowed the special confirmation name? Allowed <laughs> it. Well, it's not real. It's just where you pick a saint's name. Oh, a saint's name. And it can't just be any name. I think that is a Catholic <laughs> no, thing. No, no. Because we didn't do that. You what? didn't have a confirmation no. name. No. Fern, tell us yours. Uh, I've picked one that was attention-seeking. Um, she she wasn't even a saint. <laughs> The, the priest had to come into the school and check that she was a saint. She was called Saint Kateri Tekakwitha, and she was a Native American that had like died of smallpox. And the priest was like, we really don't know if this is a saint, because she'd been beatified, which is like stage one of becoming a saint, but they weren't sure if she was a saint yet. I was like, but this whole process is fictional, so it's mad that the priest has to come in and check and go through a process, and then you're allowed it. But then I found out years later, she wasn't actually a saint at the time I was confirmed. So does my religion mean anything? Yeah. We in Sorry to kill with the podcast. Still <laughs> dead. In my, um, we, were, we were so into it as Christians that we thought people who got confirmed weren't really proper Christians. <laughs> <laughs> and like, because really the only way you can become a Christian is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and not just, you know, be confirmed. That's not, yeah, that's fucking not real. <laughs> What's the accepting bit though? Because I thought you just accept it by going to church every week or whatever. No, you have to do, you have to, at uh, some particular point, you have to get saved, which is you pray, you repent of all your sins, and then you give your life to Jesus. Is that where you fall backwards and they no, fall not on the ground of the church? That's just, <laughs> that's tripping. No, um, no, I know what you mean about the Holy Spirit and stuff. No, that's all sort of extras, optional extras. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> that's a good one. Where's the cake bit? Where's the cake bit? Um, fun. we're completely in control of this podcast. <laughs> I don't feel like you have to prompt the next bit. But David, <laughs> have you got any ideas of what we could do next? Guys, let's do the cake bit. Yay! <laughs> so here is the cake game. And um, David, would you like to explain what's happening with the cake game? Well, what's happening is we've, um, we've blindfolded Fern and George. And they're sitting on stools with a table in front of them. What I need you both to do is reach your hands down and I want you to take a slice this cake and you're going to taste it you taste it and see what the flavors tell you that it is what? I mean, we all know how tasting works and the big question is what's that cake Bilal's Safar show was called cakes and so 
in honor of Bilal being the first person we booked. For, what um, is that cake? George. Is it like a Madeira? Fern? I've really no idea. I can't believe I don't know what it is. No idea, David. Can you reveal what that first cake Hold was? On. Wait. Fern's getting something. <laughs> what is it, boy? <laughs> Thanks, mate. No, I'm sorry. Fern, I'm pleased to tell you that was a cherry slice. What? A I would cherry never slice. Have that. I mean, I thought okay. the cherries would have given. Please, please. Next piece of cake. Big well tart. George, George Rigdon. Yeah, it's a bake well tart, isn't it? Was it cherry bake well? Cherry Bakewell. Yeah. Cherry Bakewell. Well, for George. neither of you, right? Tart. No, that is an almond slice. Almond slice. Well, almond. they're related. Palm up, please. Excuse fingers. Right. Taste that cake. Cake number three. The cake goes to their lips. Both of them um, <laughs> break some off with their teeth. A few people little nibbles a, over here. <laughs> describing eating for people. They're like moving their jaws up You're and down. You're distracting me. <laughs> yes, Gareth. Do not distract our guests. Yes, we want absolute silence for the listeners at home while people chew into a microphone. That's going to make great listening for everybody. <laughs> okay, guys. Name that cake. Is it a country slice? Country slice. Country slice has been done. Yeah. What it's Sultana cake. cake. Sultana cake Sultana from Fern Brady. Brady. It is a fruit scone. Fruit that is scone. a fruit scone. Oh, a no. fruit scone is a sultana cake, no, isn't it? No, it's not. I mean, if you were, if someone Please who didn't, the had never scone. known a fruit scone had described it as a sultana cake, you might go, yeah, that's sort of near These yeah. cakes yeah. have all come from Dunn's Bakery just across the road here in Crouch End. <laughs> I am have I got anything right? Are you right? keeping score, Kate? No one's got anything right so That's far. definitely a tray bake, well... Well, don't like Fern's still sniffing it. Fern is still <laughs> sniffing. <laughs> it's a like cherry bakewell. So they've Correct. Been, they've been blindfolded yes. for some time now, so their other senses Oops. will be like really enhanced <laughs> at this point. <laughs> okay, here They'll we go. Be picking up all sorts it's of like vibrations devil, this. from the room. George, thanks, mate. So oh, I know this. name this biscuit. So they both got bakewell tarts. So that's one point each, is it? A biscuit. One point each. Kind of biscuit. Gingerbread man, isn't it? Rigdon says gingerbread Rigdon man. Says gingerbread. Gingerbread man. Gingerbread. Gingerbread man Burn. says Brady. You're happy with what you said, are you? Both of you? Yeah, I'm happy well, with that. Well, don't sell this as a gingerbread person. Yeah. A gingerbread person. Well, they can right. suck my dick. <laughs> well, I'll well. tell them next time I'm here. I'll go to Dunn's and tell them to suck George Rigdon's dick. And so how many more cakes are there, David? Quite a few. I've <laughs> lost count on the number. Right, keep your hand still, Fern, because this one is a little sticky. So um, David is lowering something <laughs> a little go. bit sticky onto Fern's hand. <laughs> a little bit sticky, but I think and you're going to like it. George's as well. This? this is a childhood favourite. Something favorite. sticky. Childhood favourite, says David Trent. As they a jam tart. Jam tart, yeah. Jam, jam tart, tart says Fern work. Brady. Is that correct? That is correct, yep. Next cake, they are both... Fern's having a good sniff again. <laughs> and um, George has gone straight into the mouth. Shortbread? Fern Brady. Brady is on... The tension is on. <laughs> will she also go with shortbread? She's or in, will unconvinced. She... 
Stop this is, it could be the biscuit of her home country. Talk us through the biscuit. Shortbread <laughs> running through her veins. But can it's she shortbread. pick it out? It's shortbread. Was it shortbread? David Trent. It was shortbread, but there's going to be a penalty point I've for Brady. I've got jam on my throwing. <laughs> she did throw the she, shortbread she at you. She threw the shortbread at me. You got great. jam on my hand. Go, try that one. Well, lucky girl. So Stop boasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> What's this Goes one? Goes into Rigdon's mouth. The mince pie. Um, mince pie. Yes. Oh, Brady's not happy with the mince pie. Where did you get a mince pie? <laughs> I got it from <laughs> Dunn's Bakery. <laughs> <laughs> That is all that the is cake. All the cake. And on that note, what were the scores, David? The scores were everyone lost. Losing both. So they got equal oh scores. God. So they both either got Those it wrong right. or correct. Or repeated up. what the person Those was Because yeah. there was an inherent flaw yeah. in the game. Totally. <laughs> so, guys, just to, as a final question. Because um, I talked to Bilal about what he might like to be asked. <laughs> and he said, he said, you know how people, he said people say to him um, that, that your onstage persona is genius. How that's about right for me as well, yeah. How it seems like he's not, you know, he's like, he does an awkward stage persona. But he says that's just what he's like in real life. So how close do you guys think your on-stage persona is to your real-life persona? I actually have an answer <laughs> for this. Yeah, that's good. I, when I started comedy, someone thought I was a character act and <laughs> said that my character needed work because they didn't think I was like, it was plausible that I would be the way I was <laughs> on stage. So that was really offensive. <laughs> But um, would you say that you? Are, I would say you are very similar on and off stage. Yeah, I'm the same. I think mm. it's creepy when comedians are like really nice on stage and then very sinister off stage. George, um, I, I think you should probably be able to answer this because you troll me a lot on Facebook. I, I don't troll you because I Facebook. conduct myself on social media the same way that I would on a stage, which is oh, just right. about being a massive antagonistic asshole. Mm. And well, you, and so we've all discovered today, George is a delight. Just really nice, <laughs> chilled out guy, <laughs> smoking all the dubs. David Trent? What? Yeah. Good. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, what a great show we've had. Um, ladies, can I play a song for you all? <laughs> please, um, please clap and cheer for all of the guests we've had today. Ladies and gentlemen, Fern Brady. Yay! Ladies and gentlemen, George Rigdon. I have been Gareth Richards. We've had sounds and chat from David Trent. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Peter downstairs in the King's Head for having us and doing all the sound. Thank you, Kath, for doing the door. And thank you for all the audience that came. Thank you so much. You've been absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Good on you. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes, nice.